and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today we're talking industry training and qualifications. Well, welcome back listeners. It's great to have you tuning in for another episode of the Destinate NZ Show. Now, as you can see, I'm alone today but Chambers will be back again next week. And we've got a great episode lined up for you today. We're joined by Tony Lasky from Service IQ. Tony is the General Manager of Industry Engagement there, and he's going to talk to us about industry training and qualifications, which, as we know, is a really hot topic of conversation around our industry today. We are all looking at how we can attract and retain good talent in our industry. And I know by listening to Tony, you'll probably come up with some awesome ideas to be able to do that. And who knows, maybe even partner with Service IQ on creating some industry qualifications for your roles in your business. Anyway, what a week it has been. I hope you all enjoyed the pomp and pageantry from the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. I know I really enjoyed watching that over the weekend and, you know, another long weekend. It was great, wasn't it? But that's not the only one we've got here in June this year. We've got Matariki and we have an episode coming up to talk about Matariki because it is a new public holiday for us and we want to be able to share a little bit about how you might like to get involved in your business as well. So Destinate NZ has been super busy. A little bit of a plug for what I've been working on. We have just launched the Destinate NZ collection and this is a range of tourism experiences, all owner operator businesses that are up and coming trade ready businesses that should be on everybody's itinerary. Now I've checked them all out personally. They've all been through my how to work with trade workshop. They are ready to fire. And if you are an inbound operator, travel agent, um, or anybody who sells tourism products, I will be in touch with you shortly with the details for that. Now, if you're a tourism operator who needs a little bit of help getting your product in front of inbound operators and travel agents around the world, give me a call because your business may be a nice fit with the Destinate NZ collection as well. And I've also been busy delivering some workshops. So this is quite a new little arm of Destinate NZ. And I've been working with a couple of RTOs and individual businesses to deliver some fun, informative and interactive workshops. Now, nobody likes a boring workshop, do they? So I have worked long and hard to develop these workshops to ensure that I keep everybody's interest right until the last minute of the day. So have a look on the website destinatenz.com. The main ones that we've been working on recently are the how to work with trade, how to write a business plan on a page and another exciting one that we've just launched is creating a customer experience program. So yes, there's a few more there that we can also offer. Have a look. As I mentioned, destinatenz.com and we'd love to work with you to help you 
grow your business as well. So I'm going to now leave it in the hands of Tony Lasky from Service IQ. We'll let you listen into that. Enjoy the episode and Chambers and I will be back next week. Kakite. Attracting and retaining talent in the tourism industry has become even more of a hot topic in the past few months. So we thought it would be great to get together with the industry training organisation for a large part of Aotearoa New Zealand's service industry, Service IQ. And today we're joined by General Manager of Industry Engagement, Tony Lasky. Kia ora, Tony, and welcome to the show. Kia ora, Michelle. Look, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. No, it is. And we've wanted to talk to you for a while, but we've only just got around to making that happen. So we do really appreciate you taking the time because we know you're super busy and there's lots going on in in your world at the moment. But can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about Service IQ and what you guys do and how you support our industry? Sure. Look, it's a really interesting time at the moment because we're undergoing change as well. So I'll begin by explaining what we've historically done and uh, then talk about what we'll be doing in the future. So Service IQ is the industry training organisation which is essentially owned by all the sectors that we represent, which is travel, tourism, hospitality, retail, and uh, also up to this point, the museum sector as well. And what we do is we work with employers to deliver training on the job And uh, historically, Service IQ has also set the qualifications. So worked with NZQA, the New Zealand Qualifications Authority, to set qualifications that are relevant for the industry. Once those qualifications are set, we then work with employers to deliver the training on the job. So the training on the job needs to align to the curriculum, if you like, Mm -hmm. of the qualification. Back on the 1st of October, 2021, the standard setting and the qualification development functions, which, like I say, that's working with industry to determine what the qualification looks like. Mm-hmm. That function was taken away from Service IQ and other industry training organizations and went into new entities called Workforce Development Councils. Right. And the Workforce Development Council, so was stood up on the 1st of October and for the services sector, which includes tourism travel, um, it's called Ringahora and they now will work with industry to set the standards, develop the qualifications. They also work with another set of groups called RSLGs, Regional Skills <laughs> Leadership Groups. And the RSLGs determine what's required in a particular region of New Zealand. So if we take, say, Gisborne as an example, the RSLG for that area will determine if there's a skills shortage in a particular uh, industry or a particular part of an industry, and then feed that information ultimately through to the Workforce Development Council. So training and qualifications can be developed uh, Mm -hmm. that meet the needs of, of the regions as well. Right. So that's the first part of it. So since the 1st of October, our function has been this thing called arranging training. And uh, we've always done it, but uh, now it's, it's the core of what we do. And arranging training is simply working with employers to make sure that the training that they provide on the job aligns to the qualification curriculum so that if the employee goes through that training, they meet the requirements for the qualification and then can get their NZQA certificate at the end of it. On the 1st of July, so we're talking 
less than four weeks from now, yep. we are becoming part of Tipukinga. Mm -hmm. Now, Tipukinga, some of you may have heard the name, the 16 polytechnics in New Zealand a couple of years ago came together under the umbrella organisation Tipukinga. Mm -hmm. Now, all of the industry training organisations, uh, including ourselves, are also going into uh, well, not all of them, but most are going into Tipukinga over the course of 2022. Right. And now to do this is the 1st of July. So, yeah, we'll become part of Tipukinga, which will have, like, across the network, something like 250,000 learners in New Zealand. Wow. Between the people that are going to polytechnics, mm -hmm. the people that are doing on-the-job training, and the goal of the, all these reforms is to have the seamless process where somebody can be, say, starting off studying at a polytechnic, mm -hmm. they get a job with a, a tourism operator, they can go into that role and they can continue their training on the job. Okay. Or on the other side, something like COVID, you know, a tourism operator has to downsize. It means that that person can go into a polytech type environment and continue their training. So to, to achieve that, there's a lot of alignment that still yeah. needs to happen about the programs that are taught to meet the qualifications. But that's kind of the end goal of this review of vocational educational rove, as it's known. <laughs> More acronyms, just what yeah. our industry needs. <laughs> yeah, now, that was a very long answer to probably quite a simple question, but it was, but there's obviously a lot going on. Now, let's come back to you. You've been in the industry a long time, but tell our listeners a little bit about your history and career path in tourism and how you ended up getting involved at Service IQ. Sure. Well, it all started back in um, 1988, or it started before that, actually, when <laughs> I headed off overseas on my OE back in 1996. And um, I did three Kentucky tours and I loved it and thought, you know what? I want to get involved in this. I want to work for Kentucky. So it was at the end of 1997, I came back from the UK, spent a few weeks at home with my folks, and then went across to Australia and set my truck and bus driver's license. Okay. And I thought, <laughs> I've got to go back to Europe and I've got to apply for a job with Kentucky. I've got my bus license now. And I arrived at the start of 98. And <clears throat> the laws over there had changed like about three weeks before I got back to align with the EU laws so you could no longer exchange your Australian or New Zealand driver's license for a UK one or an EU oh, one. Yep. You had to sit the whole thing again. So I was absolutely devastated. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so I uh, to console myself, I went to have a lunch at McDonald's. Um, so I'd literally come out of the DVLA office and went to the driver's license office went up to McDonald's and picked up a TNT magazine. And for those of you that were in London, you know, back in the 90s, you'll remember yeah. the magazine. And in the back of the magazine, there were job ads. And there was a job ad and it said, uh, Kentucky Holidays, sales executive, UK and Ireland, must have travelled extensively in New Zealand, Australia, US, Canada, um, UK and Europe and must have sales experience. Now, that was me, because I had been a sales rep here yeah. in New Zealand, had traveled extensively through those yeah. regions and much of it, well, not much of it, but part of it was on Kentucky. So I applied for the job and I got it. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. It was meant to be, clearly. I know. And yeah, so I got thrown the keys to this golf wagon estate, uh, <laughs> station wagon, with the big Kentucky rainbow stripes on it, and told <laughs> to go around the UK and Ireland and educate all the travel agents on the world of Kentucky and make sure that they sold heaps of it, of course. So I did that for two years. And during that time, I saw colleagues 
out on the road as tour managers and drivers in Europe. And, you know, my original goal had to be, was to be a driver for Kentucky. Mm. And anyway, so after two years, I thought, well, I want to get out on the road. So in the start, at the start of 2000, I um, trained as a tour manager in Europe. And I think that was the hardest 70 days of my life oh, yeah. around every city and every town that Kentucky goes to and learning where the museums, art galleries were, opening, closing times, how much it costs, where the public toilets are, where the ATM <laughs> machines are, all of that stuff. It was, it was full on, day and night. And then, so for the next two years, so 2000, 2001, I was a tour manager in Europe. And in fact, in 2001, I went back for another training trip to do Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I specialised in that area for part of 2001. But of course, September 11 happened. Yes, so people stopped coming to travel. I mean, they couldn't travel initially and things dried up. So it was, I was looking at the end of October anyway to go back to Canada where my now wife was. She's a Kiwi, but she was just living in Canada at the time. Yep. Um, so I was going to go back there anyway. And then we decided, well, hey, let's head back to New Zealand. So sort of December 2001, we, we came back to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess a bit like COVID, you know, after 9-11, there weren't a lot of roles available in travel and tourism. So I was applying for roles as a tutor in a travel college and all sorts of different things. But there wasn't a lot going. And I remember one recruiter said to me, oh, you're another reject from the travel industry, are you? Oh. And uh, those words <laughs> kind of stuck with me after 9-11. So, <laughs> you know, what we've gone through now with COVID, actually, there's a lot of kind of parallels um, yeah. as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I, I went back into my old sort of sales job as a selling floor coverings, carpet, oh, okay. tiles, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I decided that I'd set up my own business. So for the next four years, I set it up from scratch. I ran coach tours around Auckland. And that was a wild ride. The first two years, I didn't make any money, but the second <laughs> two years were okay. Yeah. But I got to the end of the four years and I was working day and night like seven days a week as most small business owners do and I wouldn't say it was an ultimatum but I knew that I had to make some changes in my life for things at home to be continued (laughs) yes and be home a little bit more often I would imagine (laughs) yes yeah so I applied for a role at THL and of course that's where you were working at the time and an international sales manager for Fuller's Bay of Islands and uh, so I got that role and then that morphed into uh, sales manager, Australia, New Zealand for all of the brands at THL and the experiences division at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have probably stayed there for much longer, but a couple of years later, I got approached by Kentucky to go back to Kentucky to run or throw my head in the ring at least yep. <laughs> to run the New Zealand division of Kentucky as the general manager. So I went back there, and that was 2007, and then stayed there for the next 12 years. During that time, I was given Asia as well, the Singapore office to run, so spending sort of half my life up in Asia and back here in New Zealand as well. Yeah, so that was outbound sales, sales marketing, but also we had inbound operations, as you know, in in New Zealand here as well. Yeah. And then... We restructured, um, continues part of uh, Travel Corporation, where we sort of restructured about 2014 and all the brands came together in New Zealand. So Trafalgar, Insight Vacations, AAT Kings, 
and there's a number of other brands under the umbrella. Mm. And at that time, I took on the role as director of marketing communications for all the brands for, for the Travel Corporation. And that's what I did until 2019 and decided that really at that point, because I was, it was 24-7, I was away a lot. I was, you know, yeah. it's a glamorous lifestyle. I was up in Europe <laughs> three or four times a year, but it was 24-7, global, you know, travel and tourism operation is 24-7. And so when we were switching off for the day in New Zealand, I was there on conference calls in the evening, often at midnight, one o'clock in the morning with, with Europe. Mm-hmm. And our kids were getting a bit older. And yeah. so it was kind of time to just reassess life and, and make yeah. a change. So I had a, this criteria in my mind, which was, I want to work for a New Zealand-based organisation that's largely Monday to Friday. It did the travel <laughs> and tourism industry. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, needle in a haystack, that one. But... Yeah. <laughs> But in education, there are some roles like that. You know, I'm so passionate about tourism, about travel, about the service industry, about hospitality. And this role came up and it was a chance to really, for me, after 20 years on the other side of the commercial world, to really give back to the industry. And so that's what attracted me to the role at Service IQ. But yeah, look, it's been great. I've been here a little over three years now and yep. they have a fantastic team of people, really highly skilled team of people that are out there in the field, working with employers, working with trainees and apprentices. And Michelle, that's my story. Awesome. Do you know, that's really interesting because as you alluded to there, we did work together and yet I didn't actually know all of your history. So <laughs> I found that quite fascinating. But I love the fact that you'd identified you wanted to be a tour leader and yet you somehow ended up in that same organisation and then managed to get back to that. And I think there's a lot of stories like that in tourism, isn't there, where you have an experience that obviously just means something and so much to you that you say, I want to be a part of that and Mm. you make it happen. And that's yeah, Yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and it really was. And, you know, I talked about getting that role as sales executive the, the person that hired me for that role, I think he was about to take out a restraining order because I was badgering him every other day to get the role. I was so, you know, enthusiastic and passionate about getting yeah. that sales as that role. And, and that's what it came down to. After he hired me, he said, look, it was really because of your tenacity and, and yeah. the fact that you kept chasing and um, you got the role. Yeah, I had a similar story with my role with THL in London, because when I left THL in Melbourne, there wasn't a role advertised. And I remember Leanne up in the London office was talking about hiring someone to help her. And I think so many people from the Australian branches contacted her and said, you need to get in touch with Michelle. (laughs) And I was just badgering her going, give her a job, give her a job. So yeah, that worked out well as well. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think in the industry, that's what it's all about. And it's, you know, certainly the people that you know and connections, so any opportunity to network is um, is great as well. Yeah, it is definitely. Hey, now, obviously the last two years have been challenging for everybody. What has it been like at Service IQ, like what what are the challenges? Have there been any unique challenges that you guys have had through COVID and trying to deliver training to the industry? Absolutely. So, you know, back in March of 2020, when things first hit, obviously we're all working from home and I would walk outside and I'd look at the side of my car and it says on the side of the car, it's got travel, tourism, aviation, hospitality, retail. Yeah. <laughs> all of the most impacted industries by COVID. 
And it was devastating. I mean, overnight, people that have been working in, in workplaces, working towards qualifications in tourism and travel, they didn't have jobs. And so for us, we had nobody to support. And unfortunately, at that time, you know, we had to make some hard decisions and, and we said goodbye to a number of our of our colleagues at that time, like other businesses and yeah. and our sectors had to do. So it was incredibly tough. And I remember all those Zoom calls about how we're going to get through the training numbers kind of dropped off a cliff. And so anyway, we, with a smaller team, continued on. And then retail, when we kind of got out of that first 2020 lockdown and stuff, retail came back particularly strong. You know, there was that pent up demand and, and in yes. the home improvement sector and yeah. And retail generally, it started booming. So it happened. But at the same time, the government announced something called apprenticeship boost, where basically employers would be funded or receive funding to take on apprentices or to retain originally and then to take on apprentices. So what we found is across um, retail, where there's an apprenticeship scheme, mm-hmm. and also in the hospitality sector, a number of businesses actually really stepped up and, and took on apprentices. So for us... We came out of this period where the numbers had dropped off, apprenticeship boost was put in place, retail was going well, where during 2021, we were actually able to recruit some people back again to support all the trainees in the workplaces that we work with. So it's been a real roller coaster ride. You know, tourism hugely impacted and that still ongoing impacts from that. Yeah. So the number of trainees that we have, particularly in the tourism sector, is reasonably low at the moment. Yep. With all the challenges um, that businesses are having with having trying to recruit staff and then train staff once they get in, you know, being able to offer a qualification in the role is quite attractive from a recruitment basis. Uh, but also once you've got people in the role, having a standardised training programme in place means that service levels and things can be offered consistently as well. Yeah, and I was going to ask about that because obviously it is a hot topic at the moment and I don't know of one business that's not struggling to find staff, whether that's hospitality, tourism, right through everywhere really. And interestingly enough, when we talk to people overseas, they're also having the same issues in the UK and Australia is having the same issues. And part of our questioning is, well, one, where is everyone? (laughs) If if everyone in the world is struggling for these roles and what can businesses do to attract more people into their business as employees? What advice would you give them? Well, I'd love to give you a simple answer, but there is no simple answer. And, you know, unemployment running at 3.2%, it's incredibly low. The borders have been closed. So in our sector and, and tourism, you know, a lot of businesses have relied on those foreign workers coming in on work visas. They haven't been there racing back in numbers at this stage. So there's no easy solution. And across all of the sectors that we're involved, it's exactly the same issue. So whether it's a retailer looking for staff in their store or a tourism operator or a travel agent now with with travel booming again, outbound travel, they're really uh, struggling to recruit people. So, you know, I think one of the things, and this is the area that we're involved in, obviously, is you know, training. And when candidates are looking at roles, they want to know that there's going to be career progression and they're going to get in, they're going to get some training. And if it's linked to a national qualification, that makes it quite attractive as well. So I guess business A competing against business B, business A says, yeah, come in, we'll give you some training. So-and-so will train you over the first few days. 
Whereas business B says, okay, come in, you'll get that initial induction training, but you'll also get um, ongoing training working towards a national qualification. But in, in our industry, there's a lot of people that have don't have perhaps tertiary qualifications mm-hmm. that have left yeah. school. So being able to get a level three or a level four qualification on the job, learning while they're earning is a really good thing. So I guess really it comes down to trying to differentiate your, when you're recruiting your business against your competitors or, or other sectors um, as to what you can offer the candidate. And obviously in, in terms of remuneration is what it is, but if you can mm-hmm. offer these other things like great training, uh, that helps to attract staff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've had Go With Tourism on the show a couple of times now and talked about Mm -hmm. what they've been doing and particularly in the schools and the change with tourism now becoming an NZQA standard. I think I don't know the quite right terminology for that or it's a a university achievement standard for that. So I think there's some really good changes in that space. And I noticed that Service IQ do have a partnership with Go With Tourism. So what does that look like? What sort of things are you working together on? Yeah, so that that's a little bit outside of my area, Michelle. Yep. So within Service IQ, we've got my team that work with industry, with employers and mm-hmm. trainees, apprentices. And then we've got our schools team. Right. And our schools yep. team work with, with schools and uh, do gateway programs, which is where people go into workplaces and get experience, but they do all the qualifications and that. So it's that schools team that's been working with Go With Tourism. So whilst I've got a general idea of what they do, it's it's probably a question for uh, Doug Porphyry, who's our general right. manager of that schools and, oh, and transitions okay. area. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So we always like to share some tips and advice on the show to for our listeners. If you've got tourism businesses that are listening in now saying, actually, that's a really good idea. I think I should be providing some kind of training pathway for my team that are here or new employees that they might be looking for. How does that work? Do they give you a call? Do they have to know what they're looking for? Like, how does that process work? Yeah, it's, it's literally give us a call and we'll work with you. What we do is we, I like to think of us as translators. We uh-huh. sit between the educational speak, NZQA qualifications, et cetera, and yeah. the employer. And because our people in Service IQ have all come from industry, you know, they've come from retail or they've come from mm. hospitality, they expect mm. to speak of employers. So we sort of sit in the middle as a translator That's and we awesome. work then with an employer to align the training that they're doing in their organisation with the qualification. And for some qualifications, there's like learning material that gets provided. For others, it's just verification on the job. Okay, we've observed Michelle pouring a beer 100 times and we know that she's competent of pouring a beer, so that's verified on the job. So there's, there's kind of a mixture between practical stuff that happens and some theory and learning that happens as well. And that's the, that's the way that it works. So, yeah, really give us a call. I mean, one, one of the things, I don't know whether it's a tip or a trick, but one of the areas that employers often say to us that they're challenged with is that step between having somebody meeting, greeting customers, maybe tying the bungee cord on and ringing the till, to leading the team. So this is a team leadership and onto manager type roles. So we also offer a whole lot of business qualifications like team leadership, first line management, which a lot of businesses don't know that we can work with them on as well. Yeah. And that's really important because, you know, it is quite a big thing to go from actually working as a team member, being given instruction to then having to lead the team, provide instruction, 
you know, managing conflict in the workplace, organising yeah. losses in the schedule. Or even with customers, yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing, yeah. So we can help with that as well. And like mm -hmm. I say, it's, it's an area that possibly a lot of employees don't realise that there's not just tourism or travel qualifications, but there's actually business qualifications mm -hmm. that people can do on the job. And that really opens them up to other working in other parts, you know, um, of the operation. It might be marketing, it might be finance or whatever. So yeah, that's on offer. The other thing, which is kind of, this is a personal recommendation and it sits outside of what Service IQ does. But I've got to say throughout my career, I've been very fortunate to have some great mentors. Yeah. And in recent times, I've been involved with something called the Travel Industry Mentor Experience, which is more outbound travel. But as a mentor in that organization, providing mentorship to somebody in the industry that's not starting out in their career, but is looking for the next step in their career. And so as a business owner, as a person in the industry, if you've got some experience and you can share that and pass it on to others through a kind of mentoring type arrangement, that's great as well. And there's no, mm. there's some time associated with that, but there's no cost associated yeah. with it. And yeah, so you, my advice is there's kind of the more formal training, but then there's also mentoring is just a key um, element of somebody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know I've been involved in the Young Tech Mentoring Program basically since it started. And it's an awesome program. However, it's run in conjunction with the National Development Program, which is about 12 weeks. And so you find that, yes, it's great for those 12 weeks, but then some of the relationships continue, but not all of them mm. do. Whereas it would be great to have something like I'm working with some businesses at the moment that are actually COVID startups. And mm -hmm. it's just giving them that mentoring that, you know, to help them on their yeah. way because they've never worked in tourism before and they've gone out bravely to start these businesses and they're just looking for some support and guidance around that but yeah I loved hearing about your business qualifications there as well I think they're great and and I think again coming back to when you are recruiting people I know that's one of the first questions if you're recruiting younger people now that's always one of the questions they ask where can I go to like yes I really love this job but mm. what's my next step after this what can I do and sometimes that's really hard to answer that question at that point in time because you don't know them that well you don't know what their skill set are there's not with tourism businesses by default aren't huge businesses we've been fortunate to work for THL which is a large business and there were lots of places to move within that organization but if you're with an owner operator it's a fairly straight line between mm. the entry level and, and the boss so yep. yeah it's good yep. to know that you can support your team and, and even if they don't end up staying with you forever you can help them build their skill set to move on and become still an advocate for your business hmm. when, they, when they do move on elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. These formal qualifications for New Zealand Inc., if you like, it's, it's a great thing to have people having continuous education throughout their life and to actually achieve some formal qualifications out of it. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. And yeah. It's been great, Michelle. Yeah, well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us and thank you for the time that you've spent with me this morning. It's been really enlightening and I'm sure that our listeners will really enjoy hearing what Service IQ do because normally, I know from my perspective, 
I've usually heard just a, a short introduction or brief introduction at tech conferences when you've um, sponsored a, a part of that. And so it's really good to learn a little bit more and, and know and be able to talk to people and my clients about that as well. So yeah. I'll put your contact details in our episode notes just so if anybody does want to get in touch and wants to look at one of these programs for their teams that they know where to turn. And yeah, we wish you all the best. Thank you again. And as I said earlier, it, education can be a complex offering, but we're there to make it simple for employers and for trainees. So, yep. Awesome. Happy to answer all the questions. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, thanks, Tony. Okay. Bye. Thank you, Kate.